So we did that teaching online some time ago, and uh, I sense that we may need to do it for the larger house. First Corinthians chapter 16. First Corinthians chapter 16. First Corinthians chapter 16. Now, amen. First Corinthians chapter 16, beginning from verse 7. For I would not see you now. By the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For the great door and an effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. And what we want to look at tonight are the few tips that we need in a situation where demons have been assigned against your life. Meanwhile, there are a few symptoms that indicate that demons have been assigned to your life. One of those indications is that you have a medical condition, a health condition that no form of medical diagnosis can fathom what is wrong with you. When you find people in circumstances such that there's a medical situation on ground and all the attempts at diagnosing the condition are proven to be abortive, it is suggestive of the fact that the demon has been assigned against you. When you see the symptom we call near miracle syndrome, and when it seems that you are reaching out for a possibility, sometimes you even sense it in your spirit that something great is about to happen and suddenly it's aborted and there's quietness. It's also an indication of the fact that a demon has been assigned around your life. Thirdly, if there are unreconcilable financial hardships, it's not as if there is no hard work that is being sown with a view of some level of breakthrough, and then that is not the case whatsoever. Every attempt at breaking even turns to a condition of setback, bankruptcy, and debt. That's just a few in the archive that is suggestive of the fact that demons have been assigned. Turn your Bible to the book of John, chapter 14, verse 30. I would like us to see, read about a testimony that Jesus shared. He said, hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and had found nothing in me. You see, a demon was assigned, the prince was assigned to Jesus. And the demon actually made it to where Jesus was. And this was his testimony. That the prince of this world cometh, but he found nothing. And this is what we call the this defensive orientation. So what I want to teach right now is what to do in keeping with this pattern of the defensive orientation so that if a demon is assigned to you, it will be incapacitated, unable to fulfill the mission for which it was assigned. This is the defensive mode. Jesus said that 
prince of this world. It came. He showed up. But when he did, what happened? He found nothing. There was no link. If you have ever used the remote control before, there is a compatibility between the remote control and the television set that you are trying to manipulate. If you have a remote control that is very active, fully galvanized by new batteries, and it's a Samsung remote and you're trying to manipulate an LG television, you have a hard time. Because the sensors are not compatible. The prince of this world came. He stayed around. He tarried. He found no compatibility. So he felt it was a waste of time. He had to reschedule. This testimony that Jesus gave falls under the category we call the defensive approach of dealing with demons that have been sent on assignment. Is that clear? So my teaching for tonight, I want to show us what to do in keeping with the defensive approach so that uh, if demons are assigned, they will be incapacitated. The sensor will not be compatible. And so the manipulation will not succeed. Are you still with me? And our text for the evening to distill the wisdom that I found in the word of God happens to be Matthew chapter 4. There is a wisdom I found and in order for us to distill it sufficiently, we might need to search the Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And that scripture is an introduction. But you are not likely to understand what we are introducing here if you do not understand what happened in the background that led to that introductory scripture. Prior to this time, Jesus was not known walked in the crowd and his identity was concealed. Part of the functionaries that were saddled with the responsibility of identifying him and declaring him to Israel was John the Baptist. In fact, his ministry of baptism was one of the requirements that God gave for the revelation, the unfolding of the Son of Man. And the Bible says that on that fateful day when Jesus was baptized and he came out of the water praying that the Holy Ghost descended from heaven and he had lighted upon him. And there was an accreditation that came from the Father's utterance, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So that declaration was a public affirmation of the fact that Jesus was the chattered son of God. He was the original pattern son. He was such a personality that heaven had approved that this was the idea of man that God had in mind before God set out to create. That was the first time God was able to declare that his prototype has finally been achieved. And that utterance and declaration took place at the water side of John's baptism. So the, the, um, the high point of that accreditation service that took place at Jordan was the declaration. And he was designated in the capacity of son of God. Then in the next verse, in the next chapter, we see in the book of Matthew chapter 4, uh, uh, when Jesus was accredited, Jesus was identified, Jesus was singled out, Jesus was, you know, given a public identification by the Father's utterance. The next um, point of call was to go into the wilderness uh, to experience testing. God was saying, I have a product now. And uh, he was so confident of his product that he was willing to subject his product to any test that the devil has available in his archive to make available uh, in order to justify that product that he has released. 
So the next agenda is testing. And if you have heard me teach on this scripture before, it, this is not company test, this is an outsourced test. And the test master in this case is going to be Satan. And that means to Jesus, Satan has been assigned. You know, we are talking about demonic assignment. Hallelujah. You know, somebody is saying there that, why is pastor talking about demonic assignment? Is, that, is it that recently a demon was assigned to do something? <laughs> uh, amen. We'll discuss that later. So Jesus, first of all, the, when we see the scenario in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus arrived at the arena of testing before the tester. He arrived at the place of conflict before the agent of test showed up. He had already imbibed a discipline, the discipline of fasting. He refused to eat, and that was not part of the contract. He was going there to be tempted, not going there to fast. So the fasting aspect of the exercise was a personal decision. Now, who knows why Jesus fasted? What is the lesson that we can learn from the fact that Jesus decided to adopt a mode of fasting in this particular experience? Because in fasting, you are starving your flesh. In fasting, you are paralyzing the response time of your flesh. So that if pressure comes upon you, the aspect of you that responds will not be your flesh because it's weak. In the midst of paralyzing the flesh, crippling it, delivering it to death so that it is not the part of you that responds when you're under pressure. And you overly give your spirit the advantage to be the first responder in a case of a crisis. You see, it's not that we are not born again, but when you find what responds, when pressure comes over your life, it is suggestive of your definition. Because if it is your flesh that responds, then you are carnal. If it is your soul that responds, then you are self-centered. If it's your spirit that responds, then you are a spiritual man. And in order to reduce the, the chances of, of an inconsistent response, Jesus decided to take a fast. When you find someone that talks so much, he talks in the morning, talks when he's drinking water, talk, just give the person 14 days dry fast. And suddenly... His strength in the flesh will be weakened. It's in that atmosphere of mourning that is created because his flesh can no longer respond. That becomes conducive atmospheres for the Spirit of God to prosper the most in his ecosystem. Man is a complicated being. So when Jesus came into the wilderness, what he began to do was to take up a fast. By taking up a fast, what Jesus was strategizing was that, are you, are you still here? All right. So he was creating a scenario. A scenario where it will be impossible, it will be utterly impossible for his environment to influence him. Once upon a time, I was posted to a place that was noted for corruption. And uh, at that time, I could not tell. You know, I like to be sincere with myself. Hmm? I could not tell that if that corruption comes, I could not tell that I had the courage to fight it. And I was sincere with myself. I knew I had a problem because there were dollars there flowing. And I didn't know if there was capacity, if I had the ability to say no to new notes of dollars, $100 bills. 
I like to be truthful to myself at that time. I, I didn't know what the outcome would be. So I took a fast. It was on the seventh day of the fast that I received an impartation from God. And it downed on me. There was a conviction within my spirit, man, that was a sufficient sign that now I can take on the challenge. So when Jesus went, and believe you me, the dollars flowed, and I, I, I had victory. Uh-huh. Just in case you want that, that side of the story. I, I had victory. Jesus decided to take a fast because he did not want the environment to be able to influence him. You know, have you heard what Jesus said when they brought a lunatic for deliverance and he wanted to use that specimen to educate his disciples? He said, this time it goes not. Except by what? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't mix it up. Did the Bible say prayer and fasting? Or did the Bible say fasting and prayer? You, you, okay, you think it's the same thing. Just, oh my, you are not here. You are not here. I've been teaching you for many years and you are not sharp. You are still dull in the spirit. What was mentioned first there? Fasting. Not prayer and fasting. But fasting and prayer. Now, who can tell me the difference with it? Who knows the difference? Prayer and fasting and fasting and prayer. Can you give somebody the microphone so that if you are wrong, it will be there on line. You know, every day you put me on the spotlight. And when I'm speaking, I'm doing like this. We need to give you the microphone sometime so that we'll put you on the spotlight. What's the difference between prayer and fasting and fasting and prayer? I want to tell you because you don't know. And I know you don't know. So if I give you the microphone, what you will say, I don't want your name to be associated with. It's a a serious thing to hold the mic. That's what I'm teaching you now. Jesus said, this time goeth not except by fast. And what that means is, because when you are fasting, the environment cannot influence you. Because you have starved your flesh. So your possibility of responding in the flesh is no longer in view. Especially when you go beyond three days, dry fasting. In the fourth day, your spirit begins to float. On the second day, you still be gasping for life. You are trying to establish the transition. On the third day, your spirit has taken over and it will stabilize the entire system. You no longer feel hungry. You don't feel thirsty. You are strong. Not in the strength of your flesh. The, 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 the transformer just took, took over. The spirit transformer just took over and is sustaining your entire entity. So when there is Temptation. The normal faculty that would have responded, which is the flesh, is too weak to speak. So in fasting, your environment loses the capacity to be able to influence you. Get that? So when Jesus said fasting and prayer, first thing he meant is the environment should not influence you. Then in prayer, you can influence the environment. So when Jesus said fasting and prayer, he meant the environment should not influence you, but you must influence the environment. Can we say that together? The environment should not influence you, but you should influence the environment. Hallelujah. You come to a place and you discover there's so much temptation. What you do is fasting and begin the fasting first. Look for the prayer point later. Because the idea is in order for you to be the ruling influence of that landscape, the environment must not be able to influence you, but you must influence the Bible. 
So Jesus had it all fully articulated and the tester came late. Are you here? Mm. Once upon a time, I traveled to the nation of Brazil. I think that was my second visit to the nation. And when I was in public service, I was never, never really on leave at my last station. So because even if I'm on leave, I take my stuff, I take my office in a bag, my computers and all of that, and I still work every single day. So when I got to Brazil, Brazil is um, eight hours behind us. So the data normally comes out at 12 o'clock. Sorry, it's four hours behind us. The data normally comes out at 12 o'clock. So by 8 o'clock, because it's four hours behind, I get the data there and I begin to analyze it. And the woman at the front desk noticed that I was badly in need of, of internet service, internet facility. So she will come early in the morning and cut the one leading to my room. And then by 8 o'clock when I want to get the data, I'm caught from the line. So I take my system, I go to the reception where the woman is, and then she does something like that. She connects me. Tomorrow morning, guess what she will do? I now told my host, the pastor that invited me, and he, he is listening to me now, Pastor Maxwell, I, he's an elder. I said, see you, every day this, my network will be cut. I have to go to the front desk to get them to fix it back. Meanwhile, Hotel Apollo is, is, is a four-star hotel, for God's sake. I shouldn't be talking with the receptionist. Then, Pastor Maxwell looked at me and said, You didn't bring your wedding ring. Hey, do you know I didn't even know that that was the joke? But you know why you don't know? He's fasting. What was happening in the environment, you were totally ignorant of it. Meanwhile, she was conscious. She wanted a boyfriend, an African boyfriend. I can sell him Korea. I'm out. She wanted your pastor as a boyfriend. Korea Messi Marako. But when you fast, the environment cannot influence you. So I didn't, it didn't even occur to me because I was high in spirit, fasting and calling on the Lord. May the environment not affect you. May the environment not influence you. In the name of Jesus. Jesus went into the wilderness fasting and prayer, praying. He was shielded from the influences that would come from the environment. And his spirit was pedestaled through prayer to become the influence that we govern the location. If you get into any ecosystem and you begin to look like the ecosystem, it means you lost the tool of fasting and prayer. I was going to have a, a haircut and a young man came into the saloon and said, Kai, there are too many fine girls in this welfare quarters now. Ah, he, where will he put his eye? Oh! The recommendation was fasting. He noticed what people that were in fasting would not notice. There was a consciousness he had that was his weakness. And that consciousness needs to become numb. And the way it will be made numb quickly is by fast. It's not everybody that noticed that. In fact, some people have not noticed that there's a girl in welfare quarters. There's, in fact, it was like breaking news. <laughs> because of what? 
And so, Jesus went there fasting and praying. And eventually when the devil showed up, the devil said, If you are indeed the son of God, turn these stones, make them bread. Hallelujah. First of all, I want to show you what the devil wanted to achieve, and that will be my first point, first major point, that you need to know if you sense that you demons are being assigned into your space. It's if you, if you, if by any means you are, you, you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Meanwhile, yesterday in the baptismal service, everybody knew that Jesus was the son of God. The father had proclaimed what his identity was. It was common knowledge. Nobody was, was contesting it. In fact, nobody could contest it at the riverside of Jordan. Then someone that was not there now shows up and says, well, I was not there, but I'm hearing you people saying, son of God, son of God. From where I come from, we don't recognize that title. However, if you want to prove it quickly to us, turn these stones into bread. It's just like you have sat for an exam and you were adequately, thoroughly examined and you were given excellence. The certificate was issued and then someone meets you at Uruku Market and say, if it is true you wrote that exam, answer this question. You know, you already have the certificate. The guy doesn't work with the examination board. If you are very gentle, you just walk away. But if you are interested, you just arrest, send the police to arrest him there. Because his talk doesn't have anything to do directly with your status. So it would have been amounted to foolishness for Jesus to have responded. However, the reason for the temptation was so that Jesus will feel so insecure as to want to prove to Satan. That's where it will be wrong. Because if you have wire, can somebody say, come and answer this question to prove that you have wire? You don't need to do anything because you have it. And wire is not written on the head. Do you understand that? No, so the, that, that insecurity that makes you want to prove something is... It's a response that is in the flesh. Are you here? Now, okay, you didn't get that because I'm talking biblical terms like flesh and all of that. Imagine a situation of war. And a battalion of soldiers invade a community. And they began to wipe out the community. And then one member of that community happened to be a retired soldier that was in the infantry unit. And because he was in the infantry unit, one of his specialties was that he was taken for trainings in the area of sniping. So he graduated as a competent sniper with adequate expertise on the matter. And this sniper, his village was being ravaged. He moved into Greenlands and he picked one of the people. Picked another one. Picked the third one. Picked the fourth one. Picked the fifth one. He picked the sixth one. The seventh one wanted to run. He picked him. And then it was remaining one. And the sniper. And this one was in the ammo tank. Are you with me? Now the ammo tank has binocular vision. It has something that you can use to look outside. Then the sniper now picks that screen. As long as the man in the armor tank remains there, he's safe. The sniper now hits the cap of the tank. And then suddenly the guy in the tank now felt he wanted to open the cap to take a good look to know where this thing is coming from. And the moment he did that, the 
That's what the devil was trying to do. What to get Jesus to respond, even though his father in him was not responding. He would have come out of the armor tank and Satan would have had him. The first thing that you need to know and you need to do in a situation where you notice that a demon has been assigned to, do, to bring injury into your life is what we call subscription to inner quietness. You see, have you read that scripture that says that the word of the Lord is settled in heaven? The word of the Lord might be under contention in your village, can be under contention in your life, can be under contention in your circumstances, but it is settled. Where? Part of what that prayer that Jesus prayed achieved was that it, it, it gave him the ability for migration. How many of you have been in a situation where somebody pointed at you, maybe a relative of yours that is most of the time older than you are, and he says, you will see. And then you became troubled because of the threat. I don't have any challenge with the fact that you were troubled, but what you do after the trouble came is critical. And it's recommended that you need to go into God's presence and begin to pray for long. Why? Because if you begin to pray for long, a migration will take place. And God will take you from that place where it was possible for you to be troubled. To be placed in him where there is so much rest. If you have not gained that migration, you are going to be a victim of the turbulence. You still remember Jesus? In the midst of the storm when it went boisterous, he was asleep in the boat. The reason for his comfort and his peace was not in the realm of the natural. And that's why I need to show you a few scriptures on the matter of inner rest. Isaiah has a doctorate degree. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15. If you have it, give me on the screen. Thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. This is the message. In returning and rest shall ye be saved. This is the scripture I woke up with this morning. And, and whenever I wake with a scripture like, like that, I do drama in the, in the room. I, I quote it and if anywhere my wife is, I, that's, I move to lay hands on. <laughs> Jesus. You don't know me. Oh. Come to my house. You will, you will understand me. <laughs> ah. In returning, you can't be depressed in that house. I will find out. <laughs> and a strange inspiration will come to unlock your condition. <laughs> In returning and in rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. So if you find there's a place in the spirit that is quiet, it's not turbulent. Huh? The Lord is my shepherd as I not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me where beside water steep. Where you have the opportunity to synchronize with the rest that is in heaven. And when you come to that place, it's difficult for you to be perturbed from the external. Even a man that is angry, when, he, when you are in that rest, and he brings his anger close to you and he sees an ever-abiding, you are consumed in that ever-abiding rest, he will take caution. Because that's not the kind of response he's expecting. He's expecting you to talk back and do something. Especially if they are witches. Witches will want to make you react. Make you act. And the moment you act, you have lost that season. 
Especially when you are looking for the fruit of the womb. And there's someone stationed close to you, a neighbor, that knows how to wind you. As long as you are still windable, you are not ready for babies. Yes. Because you need to find that location in the spirit where the rest of the Holy Ghost are by. And then you, you, you dwell there. That means you have gone so, so far away that the reality of you being hid in Christ and Christ in God, you tabernacle in that secure place and there is nothing that can escalate from the natural external that will get that far. Oh, he said, thus said the law. In returning and in rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Once upon a time when we were praying and this prayer meeting took place in my house somewhere close to drug law and then there was a prophecy and the prophecy was that Satan was going to come, he was going to show up and when he shows up, if we can ignore him, we will be promoted and in fact, every one of us felt the intensity, the agitation that was in the spirit realm. And I drove to the filling station to pick some fuel. And a woman, I don't know what she smoked, whether it was steel or weed. She reversed and broke my lamps. Those were the days of fuel scarcity. And that time in Texaco in North Bank, there were military people that were guarding the place to bring order. And the most senior among them was a major. When she broke my lamp, she didn't come to apologize to me. She ran to the major, told him the situation, and asked for his coverage. Hallelujah. What the major didn't know was that my friend, Colonel Yang, was the commander of NASME. If I wanted to make trouble, and that major would be locked in the guardroom, I had the resources to make it happen. But I remember, the Lord said, Satan. <laughs> ah, may you remain in the armor tank. Yeah. What the devil had set up there was a situation for me to, to just operate in the flesh. The flesh needed ventilation. It needed fresh air. It needed to be recognized. It was at the window. It was just left for me to open it. It will come out and it will be... It will feel ventilated. But the Bible says that the flesh profits nothing. I had the connections to cause the kind of trouble that that woman has not seen in a long time. You know, when you see somebody that can pray for long, it means he has the capacity to cause trouble for long. You don't understand, but you have no idea. And the moment that whisper came over my soul, remember what was prophesied. I knew I was about to miss something, and I didn't want to miss it. My lamps can be replaced, but that thing that I will miss, I may never find again. He said, in returning and in rest, thou shalt be saved in quietness and in confidence shall be thy strength. There is and inner quietness you need to find in the Holy Ghost and sit there. And when the billows begin to roll, the turbulence begins to find expression. You will be experiencing a vital disconnect from your circumstances. Because the economy of your ecosystem would have overwhelmed you. So much so that you will not be able to respond. Sometimes wisdom is in quietness. And even in heaven, there are times in heaven when there is silence. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 17, I'll just round up there. If we find sufficient time to, tomorrow, we'll continue. I don't want to miss anything that God has for me just because of a moment of the flesh. And I respond and I prolong 
the life of people that the, the God would have judged swiftly. I respond and I create possibilities for darkness. And my time to access the promised land is prolonged. My wilderness journey is extended just because of a moment of ventilating in the flesh. Inner soundness and quietness. In Isaiah chapter 32 verse 17, the Bible says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. This quietness I speak of is a proof of the fact that you stand rightly with God. The currency, the currency, the currency of right standing with God is the currency of quietness and the currency of assurance. A man that is not assured has a hold in his armor. And he will fail in the day of battle. Satan wants you to fail. But the Holy Spirit imparts an assurance. Oh my God. Have you heard David? He said, by my God, I leaped over a wall. He said, by my God, I ran through a troop. You will not have those powers fully mobilized until there is an assurance that is ministered within your heart. For the work of righteousness, the Bible says, shall be peace. The day you gave your life to Christ and you found alignment with God, your quarrel with God was settled and the environment of peace galvanized, got as in your heart and you knew by the witness of the Spirit of God that indeed you are a new creation. This currency of peace, of quietness, of rest, that's what God gives a winner man. Everything can escalate, but you read your progress in destiny, not through circumstances, but through the meter of the spirit. The readings of peace, the readings of quietness, the readings of assurance are the things that indicate that you are on course. Because sometimes in destiny, weeping will endure all night. And there's no sign in the night that you are approaching morning time. In fact, when you approach, when you reach twilight, the darkest time of the night is not 12 midnight. It's when the day is about to take over authority from the night. Then everything becomes pitch black at twilight. It was at twilight that the lepers that were sitting at the gate decided to make a move. It was at twilight, that nebulous period of the night that is too dark to be day, but yet too bright to be night. That's when the transitions of destiny take place. But the point is this. Do you have quietness within you? Because if you have quietness, you will not feel any need to respond when Satan has agitated the space in the natural realm. You will sit in the boat like Jesus and snore away. We have come to those days where your maturity in the things of God should make the heart of Satan quake. He was expecting to harvest a manifestation of the flesh and he will use that to accuse you in the court of heaven that you were the one that said, you, 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 yourself, you don't even plan to live for long. And he took your utterances, your words into the chamber and said, the person you are talking about, see what she said. She said that long life is not part of her expectation. And then suddenly, in that courtroom where the balances of justice, of judgment, and equity are defined, then your act of recklessness in the flesh becomes a negative. And it becomes difficult to situate redemption within the complications that have arisen on the account of your manifestation in the flesh. As you grow in God, remember that the only safe place for you is a narrow path. If you walk out of that place, you give the, the devil an advantage. He said in returning and in rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be 
your strength my question is how many of us have found the strength that is in quietness the strength that is in rest the capacity that comes when we dwell in that place secure for indeed the bible says that we are dead and our life is hid in christ and christ is hid in god and if you have the experience of this reality it is administered in the form of quietness form of rest and the form of assurance and when you sit in that place and a beast of darkness wars it is not as much as any concern because the waters are still where the shepherd leads you by i pray i pray for you i pray for you i pray for you i pray for you that during the course of this year you will dwell in that place where the waters are still in the name of jesus christ the beast of wickedness we want to create turbulence don't be in haste for the bible says he that believeth he shall not make haste don't move on the tangent of anxiety it will plunge you into deeper confusion and corruption for in returning and in rest thou shalt be saved and in righteousness in confidence shall be thy strength don't quit don't send your wife packing don't say you are not the woman I married hey! sit back at the last passenger seat in Jesus it's a place where the storms cannot be heard then you will behave the way God behaved when he saw darkness upon the face of the earth and gross darkness you will behave like him because you are not a victim of the circumstances through fasting the environment can no longer influence you and the only option that exists is that you will influence the environment finally before we go the last scripture for the time will be Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 Satan must lose in your case just in case you have had a terrible situation that has lingered 2021 will be that day that you will testify yes your testimony will go out it will go wide it will go it will reach very wide and far because the Lord will make himself a great name from your life in the name of Jesus it says stand therefore having your loins get about with truth and having on your on the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate of righteousness where does it where's the breastplate on the breast so what does the breastplate of righteousness what does it shield because it says in returning and rest thou shalt be saved in what in quietness and confidence shall be your strength the next scripture says the effect the work of righteousness shall be peace so what is it that this breastplate covers not your heart it's your conscience yes your heart your conscience is part of your heart but it's your conscience element that that thing covers so that nothing can prick your conscience because when your conscience is in depression you cannot hear god you need a weapon for it do you remember goliath how built up he was he had shin guards and all kinds of protective devices but unfortunately for goliath there was a hole in his armor a great giant is as weak as a hole in his armor and when you don't have the breastplate of righteousness there is a hole in your armor you cannot hear God and it will be easy for Satan to manipulate your heart it is not the water that is around the boat that makes it sink 
is the one that is in the boat that makes it go down. The devil can roar from without, but if it doesn't affect your heart, it can't change your life. But once he has access to your conscience, you are manipulated. And so you put on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Because it is by righteousness that you find peace. The peace that is the umpire of the spirit. For the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything through by prayer and supplication. Coupled with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. And what? The peace of God. That's the umpire. Game ended. The referee has blown. And when he blew his whistle, it was peace. When you come into that economy of peace, anxiety loses its power. And you know that if you believe, the proof is that you will not make haste. All the anxieties that wants to plunge you into indiscriminate action will be subdued. And then you become whole, holistic. And in that wholeness, God can whisper the strategy into your ears. You will know what to do. You will know how to get it done. And you will know that Satan is not in control. We want to pray for five minutes. For five minutes. That place in God where there is peace. That's where we are navigating into. I've heard escalations. I've heard cries. I've heard worries. I've heard people scream. Of under the weight of challenges, circumstances. I tell you, this year, hey, we rest in his peace. There is a place in him where there is no storm. There is a place in him where there is no challenge. There is a place in him where we can find peace and rest. Oh, for in returning and in rest. Shall he be said in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Rest! The master says, rest! Rest! The Savior says, darkness that people but the people that do know their God shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wing rest in me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light from you because in the fullness of time you will emerge in your full apparel death with honor death with glory death with power Ababo said to Malahi to Kompela I come in a selika bahato selimo. Iyabo bosika manteli reko fatama yeko sila ayito. Imomo selibo si amamala. Makore mina sayito. I This is rest. 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 For in returning and in rest shall he be saved. And in confidence shall be your friends.
cause your face to shine.
Jesus, name we pray. 